Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, night protection services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause hey guys welcome back to another episode of surviving to thriving today i have with me dr debbie silber she's the founder of the post betrayal transformation institute and is a holistic psychologist a health mindset and personal development expert the author of the number one best-selling book the unshakable woman Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis, and her newest book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence, and Happiness. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx Twice, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, Work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most. Dr. Silber, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So let's jump right into it. I kind of like to go back to a little bit of the, the origin stories and learn, you know, that that high school, college age self. I think it really shows why we do what we do today. So what was life like growing up for you during those ages? Yeah, well, we're going back a ways because I'm old. So it's this is actually my 30th year in business. So I, I started in TV, TV production, broadcast journalism. And I was like, that's it. We're going that route. And for me personally, for others, it may be wonderful. It was very unfulfilling. So I, I said, that's it. Here I had 10 years of student debt now. <laughs> and I said, we're going back to school. And it was in the in health. And I was in health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had my own traumas. And so here I was, I was, it was a, a betrayal of my family. And I thought I did what I needed to do to heal from that. And a couple of years later, it was my husband. So I looked at the two experiences and I was like, well, what's common to these two besides me? And something had to change. So got him out of the house and I said, okay, well, I realized boundaries were always getting crossed. I never really took my own needs seriously because I grew up where it was just mental, verbal, emotional abuse. So I just kind of, you know, did my own thing. And I realized, you know, something drastic has to change here. So I enrolled in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I had four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. I was 50 years old. And I was like, yeah, here we go. And um, then it was time to study. And I did that because it was about transformation and human potential. And I was changing so much. It, It was interesting, but I wanted to learn more. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. So in your study, you talk about these three groundbreaking discoveries. Can we go into at least one of them really quickly. I know we're probably going to get through all of them, but let's start. Oh, I'd love to go through all three. Yeah, Yeah. sure. (laughs) 
The first one, I speak quickly, so we'll get to all three. So the first one was originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth is, if you can imagine, an upside of trauma. How any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever, leaves you with a new insight, awareness, perspective that you didn't have before. Like maybe you lose someone you love and you realize life is short, you know, something like that. But I had been through death of a loved one. I actually, I've been through disease too. But I was like, no, betrayal feels very different for me. I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants, I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you too? Everybody said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt because it's all totally shattered. Rejection, abandonment, worthiness, confidence, belonging, trust, they're shattered. They all have to be rebuilt. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It is, and so I coined a new term and it's post-betrayal transformation. So if I were to give you an equation, it would be post-traumatic growth, like the rebuilding after your experience, plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. That was the first discovery. So let's talk a little bit about what is betrayal because maybe somebody listening doesn't really, maybe they've never been betrayed. So they don't really understand what is going on or they have been betrayed, but they don't really comprehend that they've been betrayed. Yeah, sure. So I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every relationship has them. Think about it. We had a rule. I was going to show up. We were going to have a conversation. If I didn't, I would have betrayed you. Now, wouldn't have shattered you, right? But the way it works is the more we trust and the more we depend on someone, the bigger the betrayal. So for example, a child who's totally dependent on their parent and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your best friend telling your secret. You see, still a betrayal because it's a breaking of that rule, but different amount of cleanup. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that, especially with the topics that we discuss on the podcast, there's a lot of betrayal that happens with our listeners tenfold. And, you know, it's something that a lot of them are still in the midst of that betrayal. They haven't fully come out of it at all. And it's actually, you know, when you think about it, that's a betrayal of expectations, You know, you didn't sign up for that. That's not what you thought you were getting when you entered into that relationship, right? And then there's the other side of it where when we know it's not in our best interest to stick around, to tolerate, to whatever it is, that's self-betrayal. So it's coming from all different angles. Yeah. Not to minimize it at all. It's huge, but we deserve better. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge point to make is that, not only are you betrayed by your spouse or significant other or you know life partner, but you've betrayed yourself because you grow up thinking, I'm never going to let somebody do that to me. I'm never going to get in that situation. And then all of a sudden you're like five, 10, 20 years in and into a relationship. And you're like, I have lived through that for my whole life when I said at 16, you know, I'm never going to let that happen. And so that self-betrayal is real and that guilt is real and that prevents a lot of people from leaving that situation because they don't want to face themselves, not only, not just face 
their partner, but face themselves and their family and, and everything else. Exactly. There's so much confusion and shame and guilt and embarrassment and all of this. So we struggle and suffer in silence and we owe it to ourselves to heal. I mean, and the good news is with any type of betrayal, you can heal from all of it. I did the research. I have the proof. Yes. And I'm excited to get back into that research. What is the second breakthrough that you discovered in your research? Yeah, this was so exciting too. I mean, they all were. So the second discovery was that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we have a quiz on the site to see to what extent people are struggling easily. 25,000 plus people have taken the quiz. And it's interesting because we've all been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof that's not true. There's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. So we know when it comes to betrayal, time may soften it, but it will not heal it. And, and I even every couple of months, I pull the stats just to see how people are showing up. I'm happy to share them if you want. Yes, please. Sure. Okay. So this is every age is represented. Just about every country uh, has taken this quiz. Ready? So now this is 25,000 plus people. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. I mean, that's just nerve wracking and exhausting right there. 94% deal with painful triggers and those triggers can take you down. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue. So you can sleep a whole night, you wake up, you're exhausted. Those are your adrenals. 47% have weight changes. Maybe in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues. Anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, diverticulosis, diarrhea, constipation, you name it. The most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed, 70% walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, 62% are unable to concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate, you have a gut issue, you're exhausted, and you're supposed to go to work every day or raise your kids, right? That's not even the emotional ones. 88% extreme sadness, 83% anger, right? So you go from sadness to anger and sadness to anger. That's exhausting right there. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. Ready? 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. And then you, you know, at the beginning of that, you said that the people that are taking this, sometimes they're like, I've been out of this situation for 40 years and they're mm -hmm. still feeling yeah. all of that. The just they're stuck. Yeah. And that's just it's incredible to just think about that. About you lived with all of those emotions, that exhaustion for 40 years. How are you still alive? How are you still functioning? <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And that's the thing. It does not get better with time. And those people, th this was the third discovery. While we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do, if we're going to fully heal, 
I'm talking from the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that full and complete state of healing called post-betrayal transformation. We're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And now we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So the person you're referring to is tragically stuck in stage three. That's where most people stay, land and stay. There are five stages and the majority of people you and I both know are stuck in stage three. And I'm happy to go through the stages if that would help. Yes. Yeah. That was my next question. <laughs> so sure. Okay. So, and when this was discovered, I mean, I just thought my head was going to fly right off my body. This was the most, you know, exciting thing ever because now healing from betrayal has a roadmap. And I talk all about it and trust again, it's what we teach within the PBT Institute. I'm going to give you a distilled version right here. So stage one is like a setup stage. And I saw this with every study participant, me included. If you imagine, if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental, the thinking, and not really paying much attention to the emotional and the spiritual, the being, right? So that's where intuition lies. And we turn that down. Anyway, if a table only has two legs, easy for the table to topple over, that's us. Stage two, the scariest of all of the stages. And this is shock, D-Day, Discovery Day. This is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. You know, it's like the person just took a mask off, revealing who they've been, right? And right here, you ignite the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around the information you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules of the world that prevent chaos. Don't go there. This person's safe. This is how the world works. And in a moment, every rule you've ever had, shattered. The bottom is bottomed out and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. It's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all of the stages. How do I survive my experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids, right? But here's the trap. This is the stage we get stuck in, and here's why. Once you've figured out how to survive, and I'm sure your listeners are like, oh boy, here we go. Once you've figured out how to survive, you're like, okay, I got this. And because it's so much better, then the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. You don't know there's a stage four or stage five. So you start planting roots here. You're not supposed to, but you don't know that. So you start planting roots here and four things happen. The first thing is you start getting these small self benefits, right? You get to be right. You get a target for your anger. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? Forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. So you start planting deeper roots here, right? Now, because you're here longer than you need to be, now the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not that great. Maybe this, maybe that. So you start planting deeper roots. Now, because you're here and this is what you think, like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling people and circumstances and relationships towards you that are a match to confirm, yep, this is where you belong, right? The misery loves company crowd comes around now too. It gets worse. I'll get you out of here though. 
because it feels so bad and you have no idea there's a stage four or stage five, right here is where you resign yourself. You're like, this stinks, but I guess this is it. So right here is where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, anything to numb, avoid, distract yourself from what's so painful to feel or face. So think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. And they would say, it happened 20 years ago. But do you see? All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. That makes sense? Yeah. And so then where, so you're in this stage three, but you know, unless they come across you or, you know, wherever you've talked or this podcast, this is like you said, like, and especially if you're in the beginning of stage three, you think this is it, this Mm -hmm. is good. What are like maybe some key things to look for, to know that you're in stage three and that you're not, you know, you're not healing. You're not, you know, you're just kind of surviving. You're not thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get to the other stages too, but if you're numbing, avoiding, distracting, you know, if you're using food drugs, if you're like miserable and you're like, I got to escape me, right? If you're not happy, if you have those symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, you're stuck. You're stuck. If you're benefiting from your story, that small self story, like think about it. I had a great story. Everybody, my most important people in my life all betrayed me. But, you know, but when you give that up, you have a much better story, Right now we're helping thousands of people instead. Like that's a better story. So we have to realize when we're in that, you know, in that role, taking on that, that's those stage three symptoms. And I mean, honestly, that's why I'm going around talking to everybody, because if you know, there are five stages and you know, you're stuck in stage three, truly staying stuck is now a choice. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. How do you get from stage three to stage four? Yeah. And this is the tough one. This is a tough one to leave. But if you're willing, willingness is a huge word right here. If you're willing to let go of those small self benefits and everything else you got from it, grieve more than the lost bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge and accept. I can't undo my betrayal, but I control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a house, office, condo, apartment, and you know, whatever, your stuff's not all there and it's not quite cozy yet, but you know, it's going to be okay. And when you're in this mental place, you start turning down the stress response. So you're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you were creating in stage two and stage three. What's so interesting about stage four also is if you were going to move, think about it. You don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent the version of you you want to be when you step into that new space. And what I saw was if your friends weren't there for you or that misery loves company crowd, right? You don't take them with you, right? Here's where you've outgrown them. And people say to me all the time, the heck I've had these friends 10, 20 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If your friends aren't there, if they can't support you, if they don't get it, if they're not rising with you, you don't take them. See that all the time. Anyway, when you've made stage four cozy, you've made it home, you can move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the, the room, the bandwidth 
for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind is making new rules, new boundaries, all of that based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on what you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was just the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. So what is, because you know we do a lot of work with PTSD and, and things like that. So what is kind of that difference between what you're teaching and what you're helping people go through and going to see a therapist for PTSD. Yeah. PTSD is very common with betrayal. We think it's like reserved for the war vets who a car backfires and they feel like they're back in war. No, that's not the case at all. It is very common with betrayal where you're, you can have a trigger and, you know, emotionally, you know, it's not happening or cognitively, you know, it's not happening right now, but tell that to your body, your body's right back there again. So you can heal from all of it. What we found though is, and we have a lot of people coming into the PBT Institute, Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute with therapy trauma. And this is really unfortunate because people only know to join a, let's say a support group. And and it's like the ain't it awful club where if you're healing, you kind of don't belong. We don't agree with that. Or let's say they see a therapist. Here's the thing. If that therapist isn't highly skilled in helping people move through the stages, and if they don't know about the stages, you know, even in their own, what they've learned, if they don't know how to successfully work with people who've been betrayed, it does so much more harm than good. We see this all the time. So PTSD, when it comes to betrayal is very real, but that therapist needs to know, you know, that they need to move that person through the stages because very often we see someone just came into our community recently. And we see this a lot where let's say the therapist is, let's say it's a husband and wife. I'll just give a classic example, stereotypical example, husband and wife. She's able to, the husband betrays her. He's a narcissist, right? And she's just devastated, broken, whenever broken, bent, you know what I mean? But she's able to drag him to the counselor. The counselor isn't really skilled in this. The narcissist happens to be really charming and, you know, the crocodile tears and the whole thing. So then the counselor looks at the betrayed and says, you know, if you just communicated better, right? She's like, what? And we see this a lot. Or, you know, where the betrayed person gets blamed if she only were this, that, the other thing. Or, I mean, it's endless. So it's really, we see it a lot. And it's not fair to the person who's been betrayed. You don't have to stay stuck at all, but certainly this wasn't your fault. It happened to you, but it's not about you. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O-thriving-A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.